All right, welcome to episode four of my Fan FT Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, I'm here with Brett Peskin, and we are going to be talking about rookie wide receivers for the 2022 season. Brett Peskin, I know you're very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Rookie wide receivers are the exact reason why people win and lose their leagues. Jamar Chase last year was absolutely terrible for me. Um, you know, villain origin story right here. So, um, this year I'm doing my research on rookie wide receivers. I hope you are too. And I'm so excited to get to discussing this with you guys. So without further ado, let's get right into it. First and foremost, let's talk about the first receiver taken Drake London. Now, Brett Peskin, what are your thoughts on Drake London? So I actually, um, I I actually got him in my, uh, my one of my drafts that I did like two days ago, a couple days ago. Um, I I like him a lot. I think he can be one of the big, one of the good players this year. I think his offense is going to be kind of restricting him a little bit. Um, I'm not necessarily going out of my way to reach for him. I think in this last draft, for example, I um, I think I picked somebody. I was like between him and somebody else, and I was like, you know what? I was between him and Christian Kirk. Wound up taking Christian Kirk because I kind of like his. Um, I think I think he had a really like a really good target share this season. Um, and London's still a little more unproven, but um, I was also the other the other thought process that kind of went into it was that I figured Drake London could also fall to me in the next round, which is exactly what happened. So I wound up getting both of them. Um, he's got a, he's a high upside guy. I think he nice. can, he can really yeah. No, I was happy about that. I've. My receivers for that league are like Eamon Rossi, Brown, Gabe Davis, like Christian Kirk, Drake London, Kadarius Tony. Like basically every like wide receiver three with like wide receiver one or two upside that you can think of. So I just need like with upside. They all have upside. Yep. Um, they all have like a low floor. If like two or three of them can hit, I'm very happy because I also got like Najee, Leonard Fournette, Damian Pierce. Hundred percent. So uh, this that's gonna be an interesting league for sure. Yep. I think. Uh, might lose week one, but uh, play the long game there a little bit. Anyway, Drake London is a guy that I really like. Absolutely, I think he's I think he's one of my fa- I think he's my probably my favorite fan, my favorite rookie receiver this season uh, because he has the most guaranteed target share. Um, support uh, supposedly super talented, and he has like no tar- target competition. Like it's there's no one else on the Falcons except for Kyle Pitts. It's like just him, and I mean yeah, yep. it should be a good red zone threat. No, absolutely, I'm gonna. I think it's the highest floor. Yeah, I agree of, with you on that whole. Yeah, I think it's the highest floor out of all the rookies. No, absolutely. I really think that Drake London. I I think you're right. Highest floor for sure out of all the rookies. Yeah. Whether he's my favorite exactly, um, I'm not entirely sure about. Just because I there there are a couple of other receivers that I've been seeing in the preseason, and one in particular who I'll speak about Let's later that I just have that I'm just high on in general. Um, but we'll, we'll speak about that guy a little bit later, but no matter what Drake London, hands down going into probably the best opportunity, uh, share that you could ask for, you know, there's nobody else on the Falcons offense, Kyle Pitts and Kyle Pitts is tight end. Yes. He's basically a receiver, but he's a tight end. So Drake London's the only real tight end or wide receiver on that team. Given that he may have Amon Ross St. Brown type of volume share in his first year. And because of that, another rookie, we yeah. probably the safest floor of all rookie wide receivers. So definitely agree with you on the Drake London front. And so then I think that'll take us to 
another exciting receiver off the board is Chris Olave. Now, Chris Olave is a receiver who I think a lot of people are very, very high on with potential this year and upside. He's a crisp route runner. He's gotten into the end zone a few times in the offseason, and people are excited about him. And not to mention, Ohio State is yes, an NFL receiving production. Zone. Absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. Go Buckeyes. Um, but nevertheless, when, when it comes to Chris Olave, my only real concern for him is target share yeah. in his first year because there are a lot of mouths to feed There's a lot on of that Saints offense. There. Yet, although I will say, People are low on Jameis Winston. I do think no matter what, he can support fantasy receivers. You look at what he did with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the year he went 30 for 30 on <laughs> touchdowns and interceptions. It was incredible. Mike Evans That's was the number one receiver yeah. on the year. It was 30 of 30. It was, in, it was honestly Good status right there. One, one of the most impressive things you could have ever seen. Good stats. In my, he, good would throw like, stats he would throw in like my six thing. touchdowns so, and like five interceptions just like in a single half. And you're like, okay, this is just... Jameis, I guess. Yep. That's just the boy. And then his, his post-game no, interviews 100%. are the so, best things I've while, ever seen. While they're... I, you gotta love it. Everybody's gotta love it. What did my coach, what did my coach say? Oh, least, we were just prepared. in terms of fantasy... <laughs> I gotta... I'm pulling, that, I'm pulling that up. I'm pulling oh that up. Oh my god, that man. I'm pulling that pull up. Pull it up, pull it up. For sure. Um, um, yeah, no. In the meantime, Jameis Winston is... Yeah, for sure he can support fantasy receivers, but I do still think there are a lot of mouths to feed on that Saints offense. I think Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and you know even if AK gets hurt, Mark Ingram, you know, are a lot to feed on that front. Absolutely, I think they still have Marquez Callaway too. Yeah, they do. That's so right. I, no matter what, think it's going to be very, very hard for Chris Olave to necessarily break Jamar Chase. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown type of numbers in terms of target share his first year. However, where this comes in handy is if any of them, if any of those aforementioned guys fall out of the mix and happen to get hurt, which Michael Thomas first and foremost is probably the most likely to do so, Chris Olave all of a sudden becomes a very intriguing fantasy receiver with very high wide receiver two upside, which is why I think a lot of people are very high on him this year and which is why I'm I am considering him 100% when it comes to these drafts. Interesting. All right, uh, so first off, I found the um, I found the video. You just told us to be prepared. So I got to pull it. How did the defense and the running game give overall shape to the way this played out, Jameis? I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to I can't even do it. That's a W. Gotta eat this eat w. a W. Um, I do. I love Jameis. He's he's funny as hell. Um, anyway, back to so silly. Back to um, what we're talking about. Um, Alave. Yeah, there's so many. Like that's a stacked offense Chris right Olave. there. They were pretty low volume last year too. But at the same time, honestly, Jameis Winston could be a great quarterback sleeper. He's a guy I actually haven't really thought about. Um, but. Based, just based purely on last year, they were a little slow. That's something that could totally change in like a heartbeat. So, um, if that does, Alave should be like it should be Thomas Alave and Alave on the outside, Jarvis Landry on the inside, Kamara in the backfield. 
he doesn't have a clear path to targets just because it's it is so crowded there. Um, but his talent is undeniable. Like he's he is he is insanely good. I'm an Ohio State fan. He was incredible last year. He's an excellent excellent dynasty target, and he's also a guy that. I think um, if you want to wait on him just a little bit, I think like I think he could, he's kind of like remember how last year Elijah Moore took like a little while to break out, but down the stretch he was um, he was like electric, and he was putting up some monster weeks down um, yep. around like mid season ish. He started to really pop off. I think we expect something similar kind of with Alave, so you might have to like you might have to wait on him for a little bit. But once he gets going, I think he'll really get going. Um, actually, I mean, even just in general though, um, yep. I think you actually. You know what's really funny? Before we were doing this, I was like, uh, I'm not too. I'm not a big fan of rookie wide receivers. I I completely forgot that like just last year, Jamar Chase and Amon Ross St. Brown were both just rookies. Just, you completely forget they're just they played like telling they you they played like origin, complete veterans. No villain origin story. <laughs> but um, anyway, back to Olave. Uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's a really freaking good player. Like I think he's he's an excellent excellent no, dynasty target and redraft. He could be a good, great midseason yep. trade target. If, you know, let's say you're have some strength at wide receiver and you can afford to gamble a little bit. Maybe you want to trade away some backup quarterback or something. Trying to get the lobby struggling a little bit. I think he's the kind of guy that we can expect for like a to have like a midseason, like a midseasonish breakout. Because um, I think Winston also Winston loves to sling it deep. We'll see. He looked like he, he's played a lot more conservatively in New Orleans, so we'll see if that continues or not. Um. He's definitely a high upside, low floor kind of guy. So, like, if you're if you're feeling like you're really strong at wide receiver and you can afford that um, to have a bust on your bench, um, he's definitely worth a look. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. But transitioning over to somebody who necessarily does have that higher upside and volume, but maybe not as much of that demonstrated talent up front. And this is that guy that I was hinting towards at the beginning of this episode. Let's talk about Traylon Burke. That's your guy? Because this is a guy that I'm very interested in. That Interested, not, okay. Not necessarily that this is my guy, but this is a guy I'm very interested in. Fair enough. You know, I do think that he's a very intriguing prospect this year who has that league-winning upside, but hasn't necessarily demonstrated early on that he's you going actually... to take on that role. And what I mean by that... I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was just say you were actually you were actually telling me about um about um about how you like Traylon Burks because pretty much because of the uh, I mean Jamar Chase was the same way last year. Uh, he's yeah I I you can go for continue but um I'm I'm out on him for now. I'll, I'll explain why after you. No no I'll I'll let you explain why you're out on him. Here <laughs> here's why I find him interesting and why I'm neither in nor out on okay. him at the current point in time. I personally believe that he does. He's no matter what going to have high volume this year. I see no reason why this man cannot produce you Amun Ross St. Brown numbers from last year. It's not like Jared Goff was a good quarterback. It's not like I'm calling Ryan Tannehill the craziest passing quarterback that there is. But it's just to say that he's the number one receiving option on an offense that, yes, is run heavy, doesn't have too many receiving options. So what does that mean? That means... High volume, decent quarterback. I think he's going to produce pretty consistent numbers to result in him having at least a decently high fantasy floor that would allow you flex numbers. And not to say that I'm drafting him in all leagues, but if he happens to fall to me with the very last pick of my draft, I 
feel very comfortable taking that gamble on him. Okay, I mean, so he's um, actually I just looking through his ADP. It's 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 kind of steep. All things like he's going like around Alave. This is definitely I would give between those two guys. Give me Alave for sure. Um, I just because like Jamar Chase had his problems last year in the preseason, but his depth chart, his position on the depth chart was never in question. Like he was always going to get his reps to start the season, and his ADP was still. Reflective of that, he was still pretty high. Um, Traylon Burks, like you would think that for a guy that you're trading away, like your all pro wide receiver AJ Brown to get, like because they basically just gave up that first round pick, like AJ Brown to get Traylon. That's basically what they did. Like you'd expect him to really have like an immediate impact to like, just come in and like have that kind of explosive impact. Um, not like there's there's guys like uh, there's just guys that I've never even heard of before above him on the depth chart apparently. Um, like it's all reports are saying that Robert Woods and um, Nick Westbrook Akine are going to be the top two guys for top two wideouts for Tennessee. Um, you, this Austin Hooper they signed as well. He's obviously still Derrick Henry. I think Ryan Tannehill gets way too much hate as a quarterback. I think he's very good, but you just I don't like that that wide receiver room right now is kind of a shit show to me. I like Robert Woods is coming off an ACL tear. Westbrook Akine is like mid. At best, and Traylon Burks is kind of, and then they have like a bunch of other guys that you know you never even heard of before. So like I, I don't know, I don't know like what's gonna like they Austin Hooper I think was a great he could be a sneaky good play he could be a sneaky good pickup, um, purely because like who else is Ryan Tannehill gonna throw to? I I prefer other sleepers over. Hooper. I actually picked up Austin Hooper in my interesting my ten person PPR redraft. Interesting. I think he's like on waivers in most of my drafts. So that's interesting. Um, it's just because like I I I think there's higher upside options in terms of tight ends. I think like Robert Tanyan, for example. Um, anyway, back to Traylon Burks. Oh, like he sure. can't if he can't even beat out some of these like scrubs that you never heard of. I'm like I'm really worried about. Like he's in region like dynasty maybe, but even there I'm a little bit worried because you would think that like if he was gonna establish himself as a strong wide receiver, it'd be like this year. Um, there are I mean there there are plenty of like wide receivers who are expected to like draft like in the first round, expected to come in and have a role. Like it's happened all the time before, and they just never pan out. Like I just I'm I'm worried that this could be one of the situations. Um. If he, I agree with you. If he was like, That's honestly, incredibly fair. If he was like the last pick, if he was like the last pick in the draft, I would agree with you. Like maybe worth a flyer, I probably still wouldn't in favor of guys who I know are going to have a role. Um, but like, I would consider it in that case. But he's going like way too high for me. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty much out on his current ADP. Yeah, and that that's honestly incredibly fair. If you guys tune into episode three of our podcast, like. We had mentioned then everything in fantasy football is relative. So according to ADP, I probably agree right now to be a little bit low on Traylon Burks. I don't think that he's necessarily the guy with where he's at right then. I do agree that there are other prospects that are simply just more intriguing from a volume standpoint from from proving themselves in the past. But nevertheless, I do think that if he happens to fall in your draft, to again, I for me it's that very last pick of the draft. Yeah, where, fair enough. You know, you're, you're looking at either a handcuff, you know, an Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, you know, or a Traylon Burks. Uh, I think why why not pull the trigger on him just to see if that volume happens to pan out and he manages to crack his way into that lineup. 
Now, all this being said, let's move on to a couple of receivers that I personally am not all too sure about, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on one of them in particular. So those three receivers are going to be Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Jahan, Jahan Dotson. I want to hear your thoughts in particular on Jahan Dotson Interesting, Because right I remember you being a little bit high on him, if I remember us previously discussing. So I, uh, I'm in a dynasty league, and in the second round of my rookie draft this year, one of my second round picks, I, I pretty much just started tanking and going younger. So I have like five. I've had like several second round picks. Um, anyway, I took Jahan Johnson there. Um, pretty much just, I, I had nobody else really to pick. So I went with him. Um, reports out of training camp about him have been great though. Um, he's rumored to be the second guy. It sounds like the receiving core is going to be McLaurin, him and Van Dotson on the outsides with maybe Samuel manning the, manning the slot. Um, you never, here's the thing though. You never like, When's the last time that Carson Wentz has like really supported two wide receivers at the same time? I think in I think in that room, I think McLaurin's gonna be the guy. I think Logan Thomas is a guy that's kind of fallen off the fantasy radar altogether, but he could um, if 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 things fall the right way, he could have a bounce You're back season. You're always high on Logan Thomas, my guy. <laughs> I think I'm not you even have always been high on Logan Thomas. Uh, yeah, maybe a little. I mean, like, dude, he's like he's one of those guys that just like goes way too late. Like, people never go for, like, I'm not, like, high, high on him. Like, he's, his upside is, like, still not great. But, like, he can, he, if and if things fall the right way, he could return, he could be, like, a back-end tight end one. Um, but he's basically, he's another one of those guys that's, like, kind of like Robert Tanya that's, like, basically going undrafted. And, like, for that cheap of a price, sure, yep. give me, like, a possible back-end tight end who, like, can even be just, like, trade bait for a guy who really needs one. Um, yep. But yeah, generally, um, so Jahan Dotson, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like on the fence that with him, um, he, like his, cause I think his upside, like I think his upside is like wide receiver two at best. Um, but his downside is also like not great. That being said, just the fact that he should be like the reports and like the fact that he should be expected to be on the field for a lot of the time. Those are pretty, um, make him pretty a little bit more enticing. So, like, I I, I don't blame any, I don't I, at all blame anybody who who wants to draft him. Um, so like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. Oh wow, you know what? Guess what just happened? Guess guess who sees it? Guess who the text? Guess who the text is just released? Marlon Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Look at that guess Marlon right Mack there. is All off right. the text, get cut by the text. Wow, that is Damian Pierce season for sure now. I was high on Damian Pierce already. That's Damian Pierce season. I was high on Damian Pierce already. Well, I guess we'll do a quick cutout here. Um, if you have yet to draft, just race on Damian. He's, I think we're doing rookie receivers now, but I think he could be the running back that's like, that winds up being that guy. Um, anyway, back to Jahan Dotson. Uh, let me see where, like, let me just double check his. Remember that guy that I told you drafted Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, James Conner, and Josh Jacobs? Tell me you didn't draft Damian Pierce. He drafted Damian Pierce four spots ahead of me in the ninth round, in and I ninth... hated, hated myself for not taking him in the eighth. Who, who was your eighth round pick? 
Adam Thielen. He fell to me. I I would have gone Pierce there, man. Oh, that's I know. so painful. Right, maybe as an urban, maybe he's trying to sneak in a uh, sneak in a trade request in the meantime. Um, anyway, back to Dotson. I'm looking at I have sleepers I rankings I don't pulled want up. To trade with that guy, man. I have I have a uh, sleepers rankings pulled up. Um, he's actually going like pretty pretty late there. Um, so like he's I think his ADP rate on sleeper right now is about 163, which is a lot later than I thought it was. I think ESPN is going a bit higher. Um, if you can get him that late, by all means, go for it. Um, in that case, if like in this like specific um, platform. I go for, go for it. That's I mean it's a great cut. I think it's a great pickup at that range. Um, overall, I don't think he like I don't know if he's like one of my top rookie receivers for this season, but I think he's he can return he can return some value. I think uh, you know what I think he's he reminds me I think he's in a, I think he's in a very similar situation to Jalen Tolbert. Tolbert Tolbert I don't even know. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Both, I wouldn't disagree. Both with guys that. are like and honestly with that. Let's actually discuss Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert. I I do think that. I do think that this is a rookie receiver that has – now, here's a rookie receiver that has immense upside, right? Because this guy – you saw what CeeDee Lamb did in his rookie season. He was a potentially league-winning receiver, rookie receiver, if you picked him up on waivers or just drafted him and held on to him until he broke out midseason. But Jalen Tolbert is a guy who's going to be lining up in the slot. Yeah, maybe Tony Pollard will be in the slot a couple of times, but not as much as Tolbert. And, yes, obviously – or excuse me, is Tolbert that X receiver in size? Um, I'm pulling up. I'm actually not even too sure myself. I just, I know he's gonna, like especially early on, he's gonna be on the field. Um, that was mostly important to me. He's like six one. Um, so like he could probably do, probably do a little bit of both. Uh, he could probably really go either way. I guess he'll right. probably he'll probably play on so, the outside a little bit more if I had re- to guess. Regardless, that this is a guy that's. Yeah, regardless, this is a guy that's a wide receiver, two with, like, on, on his ceiling, right? I think no matter what, he's locked into that number two role on the Cowboys offense. So from a fancy perspective, in terms of upside, he, he could absolutely be a high-end wide receiver, two at his best, um, and then potentially fill a huge hole for anybody whose receivers went down or just went running back heavy in the draft like I did. And I think no matter what, Dak Prescott's a great great passing QB. I think he's going to throw for an incredible amount of yards still, even if people are down on him and he has some passing yards regression, he's still going to throw for a lot of yards. So it doesn't really matter. So long as he's healthy, he's good. And, you know, between him, Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb, all three are going to have a great, great amount of targets and a great amount of opportunities to excel. So I'm high on all three, really. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I'm not like I, Mark Huber, that's a big, big uh gap in terms of targets in Dallas um I'm, I I don't think that CD Lamb is like I don't necessarily think that like the bulk of it's going to go to CD Lamb or anything um uh, I think CD Lamb is being a bit overdrafted for me um because of the, I think a lot of the targets are going to go to Dalton Schultz but regardless Jalen there's definitely that vacancy still there um Dal- uh Jalen Tolbert could have could definitely return on value for this season um he has a clear path to targets. I think he has a higher floor than Jahan Dotson. Um, and his, I think his ceiling might be a little bit less, like a little bit lower, but he could still, he can, I like, I, I'm, I'm fully expecting him to kind of start the season as like a, 
maybe like a lower end flex, like a wide receiver three flex ish um, kind of guy who uh, within a couple games can establish himself as like a higher up wide receiver three or even wide receiver two territory. So like I he's definitely I think he's definitely worth a draft. Um. Yep. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then, so now moving on to another couple of interesting receivers. Let's talk about the Packers' pair of rookie receivers, uh, which are Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs or Dubs. Uh, still not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, um, but regardless, I'm sure announcers are going to clarify it for us come week one because yeah. I think he will have a decent impact. Um, maybe not week one, but. You know what I mean. <laughs> Nevertheless, let, let's talk about those two. Brett, what are your thoughts? Um, like I, for I sell, Watson's still hurt. I, I don't have any thoughts on him really. I redraft maybe. All right, Dynasty. Sorry, maybe. Um, redraft. I'm pretty much out, especially because Rogers has a history of like not targeting rookie wide receivers. Um, also, like the. Supposedly, the start of the season is going to be Al Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and like basically the corpse of Randall Cobb. Um, so yep. neither one of them really has like a clear path to targets. I think that between the two of them, the better bet is Dub Dubs, whatever. Um, it sounds like Rogers is really high on him. He basically said that like the standard for his his expectations are not like any other um, rookie wide receiver. That's come through there so um i think that pretty high he has a, from a back-to-back mvp he's, he's not i don't know if he's i don't know if you can really like depending on who's available i don't necessarily know if he's worth a draft right now but he's absolutely a guy to keep in mind as the season progresses all it's going to take is one injury to either lazard Watkins, or cobb or even just poor performance and he can find himself in the starting lineup which all which very could, very All well very happen. possible option. Like not one of those guys is really proven. Right? Like Cobb is probably is Cobb is the most most proven there, but he hasn't gotten anything done in several several Cobb years. At this point, it's not even about the age. At this point, it's like he's just he hasn't done anything lately. Like I'm I'm and I'm not gambling on him to start back up now. Lazard made like like there's a huge well, he's hole. He's 32 years old. God. He's still kind of he's still like not young, but like. He feels like he's older just because he's been in the round for so long, and even he kind of washed up pretty yep. early. So um, I think there's definitely a target vacancy there that either one of those guys can fill in, but I think that Dubes is the better bet. Um, so he's absolutely a guy to keep in mind as the season progresses and could be worth a stash. Um, could be worth a stash depending on who's available. You still, you still kind of want to see it happen a little bit first. Like I, I'm not saying drop everything for this guy right now, um, but I like him a lot as like kind of that league winner. Like he has that league winning potential, low key. That maybe like for like a late season breakout, um, he could be like that kind of guy, like that even Ross St. Brown, that kind of guy that's like not getting a lot of reps to start the season, and then once they, like once he starts getting the reps, he just can. Go crazy. Um, not saying that's going to happen. That's obviously uh, a long shot, but absolutely that va- that vacancy for wide yep. receiver one in, in Green Bay is there, and if someone's going to fill it, I think it's between him and Lazard. Um, 
and I don't trust. I I don't trust. I really I don't trust either one of them. But um, Lazard is Lazard has a much more clear path to target, so he's worth a pick. Where like kind of where he's going, um, and Dubes, everything has been everyone's been raving about this guy from Green Bay, so he's definitely a guy. So I want to keep an eye on. Definitely a name to keep an eye on. Yep, I definitely agree with that. I think he, here's my vision for how Romeo Dubs can can take his path to being a fantasy dub, right? I think that his path there could be, I think no matter what, Alan Lazard starting as the wide receiver one for the Packers. I think they've made no indication against that. I think that's been pretty obvious since the offseason, since the preseason, uh, throughout the preseason. And I think that Alan Lazard is going to be the number one option to start come week one. Now, has Alan Lazard ever really been on the field for a full season in the first place? I don't I'm know. not even sure. Uh, I'll have to look at his injury history because from my understanding, he's pretty injury prone uh, for the most part. And my guess is that no matter what, he'll at least miss two or three games at the minimum. Now, that being said... I think those two or three games, if they happen to fall in the beginning of the season, is the perfect opportunity for Romeo Dubs to make his breakout. And I think if he happens to break out in one of those early games in the season, all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers will feel comfortable once Alan Lazard comes back to throw to both of them. Now, obviously, this is all speculation, Alan Lazard. I hope and pray and would never wish the opposite but I really hope and pray that he does have a fully healthy season I hope he achieves his number one receiver numbers because I am targeting him in drafts nevertheless if you want his insurance Romeo Dubs is great great insurance to have on it absolutely yeah um no that's actually that's actually a really good idea too uh you really I I don't think you can trust Sammy Watkins to be that guy either same with Randall Cobb um there's also there's also the chance uh, there's also a strong chance that not one of those guys really emerges. Maybe it's somebody completely different, or maybe it's just the Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon show the whole season. Um, you never really know, you never really know for sure. Yep. Um, so it's all just a gamble at this point. Alan Lazard is definitely the, the best bet at this point in that out of that wide receiver room to take the lion's share of the Devontae Adams workload. Um, but Dubes can be the sneaky guy that could hypothetically potentially sneak in and take a good chunk of that role as well um anyway let's go let's go back to another green team let's go back towards um let's see i'm gonna hear your thoughts on garrett wilson right so garrett wilson is is an interesting one because i really think that elijah moore has still been the guy throughout in the preseason for the jets obviously preseason's preseason it's not the regular season you can't really judge what happens in the preseason but I've never really been all too high on Garrett Wilson just because Zach Wilson's not entirely proven. Yeah. Elijah Moore, yes, was good, but he kind of flashed in my eyes for a few games. It wasn't necessarily that he had proven himself entirely that he can consistently be that guy. But no matter what, I think that that's why they drafted Garrett Wilson. He has an opportunity in front of him. If Elijah Moore happens to not be able to handle the wide receiver one responsibility come the start of this season, you can all of a sudden see Garrett Wilson becoming that Jalen Tolbert type of figure where he's a pretty high-end wide receiver too, if Zach Wilson can also break out as well. But nevertheless, I think signs are kind of pointing against him right now. 
Zach Wilson got hurt. Elijah Moore is in the mix. They have two good running backs and are trying to follow the San Francisco model where they're trying to be a running back heavy team and run by committee. So I'm not really sure that all the stars are aligning for Garrett Wilson. I would kind of call him a waiver wire. Definitely look for him on the waiver wire at some point later in the year. Or if you're in a dynasty league, maybe take a flyer on him. Yeah, that's, that's, I agree completely. Like, it's the Elijah Moore. Also, one thing that really concerned me about this Jets offense, Elijah Moore played a lot better. He broke out when Zach Wilson was not playing, when he was hurt. Um, so I, you want to see Zach Wilson make it really make it happen, especially, especially in redraft. Dynasty is a different story. Um, but he hasn't shown that he can really support even one wide receiver. They added Tyler Conklin, they added C.J. Ozoma, they added Brees Hall. They still have Corey Davis and Elijah Moore there. So they went on an offensive overload. So you get the sense that Garrett Wilson, he's on a um, he's on a team that has like that added a lot of competition for targets. It's not like he was the only addition they made. And you still haven't shown that your quarterback can get it done. He looked a lot better down the stretch last year. But he was still, it was like a low-volume passing attack. You you want your, if you're drafting a wide receiver, you want him to have a lot more upside. Like, especially when it comes to a rookie wide receiver, you want him to have that kind of upside that, like, makes him worth the flyer. I just, even even if Garrett Wilson, even, like, yep. I think he's a really good talent. As I said, I'm an Ohio State fan. I really loved him there. But from a fantasy perspective for this season, I just, I just, I'm not in, I'm not in yet. It's, there's too much competition and bad offense. Yep. I don't like it. And, and you know who's a similar guy who I'm curious to hear your thoughts on now along those lines? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Jameson Williams. Uh, there? I think I cut it out for a second. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say along the lines of a Garrett Wilson type that you were talking about where it's just too much competition on a bad offense. Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you what were your thoughts on the Detroit Lions drafting Jameson Williams, and what are your thoughts on his fantasy outlook for the 2022 season? You know, that's a, that's a different story. I get, he doesn't fit with Jared Goff. He's a deep threat. He's super, super talented, but Goff is not a – he doesn't have the arm to really make it work with him. Um, not to mention, I think he's also he's – he's coming off an ACL tear, like a pretty relatively recent ACL tear. I, there's no like it's it should affect his performance this season, so I don't think he's I, I'm staying away and in, in redraft for sure. But I think he is an excellent dynasty yep. target. I think he's an excellent, excellent dynasty target, especially if you're drafting him kind of during the season because by the time he is back and fully healthy, ideally the next season, Detroit will probably have a brand new quarterback at that point, a quarterback who could support a lot more upside. Um. Goff, I think I the Detroit, Detroit offense like everything else is there. It looks ready to go. They have a great offensive line. Hawkinson and Swift are both fully healthy again. Amon Ross and Brown looked legit last year, and they also added DJ Chark and Jameis Williams. So the pieces are all in place. I I like as I said before, I think this team can low key. I think they can win like eight games. They have a really soft schedule down the stretch. Um, no, they put all the agree. they put all the pieces in place offensively. They just need they just need a quarterback. And like once they get a quarterback, this is my this is my bold take. I think that not this year, but next year, I think it'll be between the Vikings and the Lions to win the NFC North. And that's assuming that Aaron Rodgers is finally gone. I think it'll be between those two to win the NFC North. That's my bold take. 
Who knows? Maybe Brady will be kind of. With the bold that's take. a bold. That's my bold. That's my bold take. They're making the right moves. I, I really like this team. I, I think All this team's right. going to come up. Um, we got to see it in action for sure. For, first, All right. Well, the public's going to hold you to they're it. They're going to hold me to it. They're going to hold me to it. But I don't really care. Um, I, 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 I like Detroit coming up. I mean, they're on the team on the come up. Um, and they're in a good position where they're just like they're putting themselves in a position where they're just a quarterback away. So I think that Jamison Williams is a dynasty target. I think he's a great dynasty target. But just, I'm out for this year. Wow. No, I definitely agree. I, I'm not particularly high on Jamison Williams to start. I'm very high on Amon Ross St. Brown this year. Me too. Second year breakout. Um, and other than that, I don't think Jared Goff can do too much on that line's offense. Yes, I think that they have improved a significant amount. I'm very high on DeAndre Swift this year. Yep, right behind. A very well-improved offensive line. I'm very high on. If he gets hurt, I'm still very high on Jamal Williams doing yep. it. So I'm just high on the Detroit backfield in general. Um, and I'm high on Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think Jameson Williams can do too much outside of that because TJ Hawkinson is also going to chew into that. I think the, and TJ Hawkinson's just a beast in who he is. Yeah, he's a beast. I think that's I think that's the one problem for Amon Ross St. Brown is like you didn't see Amon Rob break out until TJ Hawkinson got hurt. That's my biggest concern with Amon Ra. That's why I'm a little yep. bit wary. Um, I, yep. I was I was a lot I was all in on him yep. a little bit earlier. I'm a- but he's he's clearly talented. Goff clearly loves him, yeah. and he did like he 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 got yep. he got it done without Hawkinson. Like he was he 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 did a lot more than Hawkinson ever did. I know it's completely he's completely different as a tight end, but he's clearly super talented. So I I still think I, I we can't expect him to continue what he was down the stretch last year, but he can still be a strong wide receiver too for sure. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. But um, mo- moving on to our kind of final rookie receiver on this list is George Pickens, who's drawn a lot, a lot of preseason hype, right? And where, where I think it's particularly interesting is obviously whether Kenny Pickett is a starting quarterback, but if he is, I'm going to go around here. I'm going to go about here and say this. I, I don't care about what round receivers are drafted in. I think if Kenny Pickett is the number one quarterback on the Pittsburgh Steelers to start week one of this season, I think you're going to end up seeing George Pickens become the wide receiver two on that offense over Chase Claypool. No, he already is. And I think with that being said, this uh, he already is. I think he's already second on the depth chart. I think this man is going to – that's fantastic. I think he's going to then take over and perhaps even compete with Deontay Johnson to run a 50-50 workload and target share. And I think that with those two being big boys who have demonstrated that they can run incredible routes and provide consistent production, at least George Pickens in the preseason, it was the only reason he fell in the actual NFL draft was because he came off an ACL tear. The fact that he's popping off now just negates all concerns about that. So that shows that he was underdrafted and the Steelers could have gotten a star. Yeah. Now, all this being said, I think he is a very, very strong candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year if Kenny Pickett is the number one starter or is a starter come week one. And I think he is a very strong candidate to be a fantasy league winner if you want to maybe take a gamble on him with your last pick of the draft or even perhaps he could be a waiver wire winner. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, see, I, dude, we're Giants fans. Wandell Robinson looks really good. That's another guy we can cover too. Um, but as a Giants fan, 
I was super upset when we took him over Pickens. And it's not a knock on Wandell at all. Like, he looks really good. Over but Pickens. George Pickens, coming out of college, looked insanely talented. I was super upset that we didn't get it, that we took, that we, um, that we passed on him. Um, and yes. it's, it's like, it reminds me a lot of when we took Sterling Shepard over Michael Thomas. We were going for that slot guy in favor of that big bodied, possible big playmaking threat. Um, as a whole, if yeah, I think if Kenny Pickett takes over and he looks as continues to look like he has in the preseason, George Pickens could be legit. Chase Claypool is, is like he's absolutely he's absolutely. gone downhill so far this past two years. Um, I like it's it's you never you rarely see a guy like or actually that's not entirely true, but just it's it's he's after an insanely good rookie season, uh, he's really just kind of plummeted, been plummeting. They're picking. It sounds like Pickens. It'll yep. be Pickens and Deontay as the first two. Deontay is still a great target. It's Deontay Johnson. He's been incredible the past couple of years now. Um, he's only been getting better. But on the other hand, if if Pickett is as good as it seems, there could be room for both him, Pickens, uh, Najee, and even Fryermuth as well to all thrive in this offense. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the Steelers as a possible yeah. dark horse, um, dark horse deep run threat. Um, so I'm I'm with you on Pickens for sure. I think he oh, can be absolutely. he can be a, he can also be a league winner for sure. Um, this offense has proven in the past that it can support multiple wide receivers. So I'm um, um, I'm with you on I'm with you on Pickens for sure. Um, yeah, do you want to go back to uh, Wanda? Yeah, let, let's actually go back to Wanda. I think I forgot about him when I said that we were talking about Pickens as the last guy. But uh, Wandale's uh, an interesting one. I personally wouldn't draft him in any league really? really because I think it's just a little bit too deep right now on that uh, wide receiver depth chart. Uh, well, actually granted he's on, he's the number two or three spot, but I think with Saquon there with Dan Jones, not being that great. And with Kenny Galladay and Kadarius, Tony being there, I personally wouldn't draft him. I already know that Kenny Galladay's almost going undrafted in a lot of leagues. So I would personally pick him over Wandale. Really? Um, Interesting. All this being said, I think Wandale is great insurance policy. I think if KT goes down, which he very well can, he's proven himself as being brittle the past season, now this past offseason, you know, I think that's where you have Wandale coming in as that option to really break out for the New York Giants and really be that number one receiver because the number one receiver spot's still up for grabs right now. As of now, KT's looking like the guy for it, but if KT gets hurt, it's never a lock. Yeah, and Wandale, they drafted him specifically to be Kadarius Tony. They drafted him specifically that. because they want that utility set. They bit. want. I I think they want him to be the toolkit, the the Swiss Army knife that Kadarius Tony is. But if you want me to elaborate on that point, you know, yeah, not necessarily that they want him to be exactly that guy, but they want him. They want to have two options running out of both the backfield okay. and the slot okay. in order to just confuse defenses. Fair you enough. know, and so I think with that. If Kadarius Tony gets hurt, Wandale Robinson has a lot of opportunity for that target share. But to be very honest, I'm looking at the New York Giants this year. And as a New York Giants fan, like I'm looking it. at them as a Walmart Miami Dolphins this year. Because That's at the facts. end of the day, you give me Kadarius Tony and you give me Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson. And that's just Walmart, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. That's fast. Give me Dan Jones. Dan Jones, in my eyes right now, is Walmart, Walmart too. And really, truly, I don't, I don't see the Giants doing too, too much 
and at least enough to excite me even to take uh, Wandale Robinson this year because I, I've been low on Jalen Waddle as is. I'm not taking him until round really? five or six wow. if he drops to me there. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm pretty low on Jalen Waddle this year personally. So uh, No, that's facts. Yeah, I, I think no matter what, just because Tyreek's just because Tyreek's got that volume. But no matter what, I do think the Giants are looking like the Walmart Dolphins this year. And with that being said, you know, I, I'm not too high on Wondell Robinson. I like him as I like him for his, like, he's, he's like, basically, he's going, like, you get him, like, the 15th round or something. I, I like that. Uh, he should have a starting role on the team, I think. It should be, um, I think Shepard's still hurt, so at least earlier on it should be uh, Kenny G, KT, and Wondell. Um, even still, like, I, I get the sense that this offense, I feel like they want to phase out Kenny G and um, and uh, Shepard. I think I think by this time, like next year, two years from now, I think it'll be uh, the KT, like just KT and Wondell running the show from a receiving standpoint. Um, we also we don't have a single tight end, so that's that's one less threat threat to worry about. Um, even Bellinger just got into like went to like the concussion protocol. Um, and is that really who you want to draft? Like a fourth round rookie? Um, like is that is that really that's not really much of a concern at all? Um, Saquon is a big concern in terms of catching the passes. So utility wise, the Giants receiving like it's kind of the only one that's like guaranteed to really have a role in the receiving game. Honestly, it's like Saquon. Um, like. Yep. KT and Wandell, I think, are both going to be heavily involved as well. But like, there's also the chance that I'm entirely wrong, and neither one of them is, um, or one of them isn't. Um, yep. But I think that at his ADP, I think he's worth. I think he's worth a flyer. I, I think there's other flyers that I would put above yep. him. Above him. Um, but he has he has some upside, and he has yep. you know he has a little bit of upside. He can be a he could fill in as like a flex play. Throughout the season, maybe. Um, so I, I'm definitely keeping my eyes on him. Uh, he should catch a lot of pa- he could catch a lot of passes as well. He's definitely a threat yep. to do that. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean that's I I'm 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 interested in him for sure. No, I 100 percent agree. I think you made an incredibly valid point too, in saying that Saquon's the focal point of this of this offense this year. You know. I think in a similar way where Mike Tomlin said about Najee Harris in this offseason, that if that offense is going to go anywhere, Najee Harris is going to be a huge part of it. Same deal with the New York Giants. If the New York Giants offense is going to go anywhere this year, Saquon Barkley is going to be a huge part of it. For that reason, I'm high on Saquon Barkley this year. I'm not really all too high on anybody else this year. I agree. I'm very high on Saquon at his ADP, but, you know, uh, again, the rest of the New York Giants, I'm not really touching all too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think it's really just Saquon, KT, and Wondell. They're the only ones that are worth looks. Um, Saquon, Saquon's a guy that uh, I feel like a lot of fantasy football players are very, very high on him. Perhaps too much so. Um, because even even the past like two or three years, like when he's been on the field... Just the offense has not been good enough to support. Like he has, he's been struggling, and it's, it hasn't been his fault. But like, it's, it has been struggling. Like, it's because he's in such a bad team. But he has been struggling a little bit. So, I, I'm, I'm with it. I, I think he has RB one overall upside. Uh, that's not going to happen. But he has that upside. Um, 
But and as long as he stays healthy, he does have the workload to uh, support a very strong floor too. So I am still very high on him. I just think that fantasy football players need to temper their expectations a little bit um, because we could very well see um, struggles on both the ground game and perhaps increased competition for, pat- for passes as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely I, – I, I drafted him the other day in one of my leagues too, um, but expectations should possibly be a little bit tempered. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree, but I would say for me at least I'm buying into the upside simply on the front that I think this is the first year that Saquon – we have a Saquon Barkley without not too many carries on his name relative to his age in the NFL – who's playing behind a much, much improved offensive line. I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable did beautifully in drafting Evan Neal. I think Andy Thomas has already demonstrated himself as a top five, as a top five run blocker in the league. And, you know, you put Evan Neal on the opposite side of him, you bring Mark Lewinsky into the mix. And um, I believe they have another guy from that. They also picked up in the off season who I'm slipping on right now. But it's a much improved offensive line. I think Saquon has the opportunity to do very well with that team and not get hurt because he has protection this, that was a great this year. Point. So I'm personally high on him. Awesome. Yeah, those are, those are great points. Um, although, yeah, well, with that being said, guy, I think that uh, we I missed, think that concludes. No, oh, we, actually, sorry. we actually missed one guy that I completely forgot about too. Sky Moore. Yeah. Oh, Sky Moore. Sky Moore. You're absolutely right. Brett, why don't you why don't you take that one since you remembered? I'm I'm I'll pass you in it for now, honestly. I like he's 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 you were talking about Traylon Burks being that like guy that's like intriguing to you. Um, I think that guy Sky more for me because he's on such yeah. a good offense with such a good quarterback, and like they lost their best weapon, so naturally you're thinking he should just slide right into the lineup. But they added they added like a lot of t- competition for targets. Um, they added Juju, uh, MVS, McCall Hardman still there. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey as well. So like I I think that I really I think the Chiefs are going to spread the ball around a lot more this season. Um, so I th- and so I think that even if Sky Moore does get on the field, they'll definitely use him as a gadget play a lot. So he has he has some upside. He has the potential to like win you some weeks in there possibly. But I don't think the consistency is going to be there at all. Like even if he does get on the field, uh, I think there's going to be some weeks where you like kind of um, this, assuming he's like slides into the starting lineup. I think there's going to be some weeks in there where you're just you you're not getting what you want out of him. So I think at his current ADP, I'm interested. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him. Um, but I think there's some guys with more clear paths to targets there, kind of in that in that general area so um I'll, i'm gonna pass on him for now but he's definitely something to keep you an eye on for sure uh, i think you hit the nail on the head there i think he's a guy that i'm keeping an eye on but i'm passing on him for now yeah. simply because of the competition for target share i don't think he's proven he has proven himself for sure coaches have praised him in uh this offseason and preseason um on how he's been doing on his work ethic on his even potential leadership ability. And so I think that that's definitely something that's uh, a good thing to look at. Nevertheless, I'm not too high on him simply because I think Juju's most likely going to be the guy that fills in for that uh, good amount of target share from Pat Mahomes. I think Mahomes can bring Juju back to his wide receiver two, potentially wide receiver one 
um, Interesting. standpoint where he was in fantasy football and what he flashed as during his rookie year. I just don't think he and Ben Roethlisberger were all too compatible uh, after the first year, and I just don't think he, Juju really lived up to his expectations all too well as the wide receiver one, but yeah. maybe that could change with Travis Kelsey being the wide receiver one technically on the Chiefs now. So I do think that there's still a lot of target share. Um, and I'm also just high on MBS and Michael Hardman in general. I think both of them are studs to have as kind of uh, position or gadget players, yeah. essentially. Yeah, that's and kind of Sky I do think too. that, you know, exactly. So given that Sky, Sky Moore's role is that gadget player personality, I think he has a lot of competition for that exact yeah. role. And the other thing, the other, you know? the other thing and is... So with that being said... Uh, yeah, so I think the other thing it kind of is like... Go for it, Brett. Um, even the the big praise for Tyreek Hill, the big question has always been, has he just been succeeding because he's on the Chiefs? But even in scenarios where he's been off the field, none of the other receivers have like really stepped up other than like occasional flash plays. Um, so you just have you kind of have to wonder was Tyree Kill really just that good? See, I I I personally I think he's that good. I think he's going to do really well in Miami. I generally don't like it. Um, he's that good. I generally don't like betting on guys who are changing receivers who are changing teams out of concerns for um, how they're going to fit into a new system. But I I like Tyree Kill a lot. I think you can use him in a million different ways, and I'm sure Mike McDaniel's excited about that. What that means for the Chiefs is that Sky Moore's production can really be relying on how good he is and like how not so it's not only how often he sees the field but how often he want he gets used by Andy Reid and how much production he can really create himself so um I I think that he's a guy where like I kind of want to see it see it happen first um he still has to work his way up the depth chart a little bit from my understanding too I, I think there's too much working against him for yep. right now um he's a guy that he can totally I'm more. Um, I think he has a better chance than Traylon Burks to overcome that adversity, but I still, I'm still. I think there's too much working against him right now. Um, anyway, yeah, and that's. Uh, I think that covers about all the rookies yep. that we wanted to talk about. I absolutely about. agree. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that that, wrap, that definitely wraps up episode four of our rookie wide receiver outlook. So thank you all for listening. Definitely make sure to follow our. Instagram at my underscore fan FT and yeah, get, give us a like, give us a shout out and make sure to stay tuned for the next episode. Looking forward to it. All right. Should I say end meeting for all or leave call? It says you saw the recording. No, not yet. Oh, saw the recording first. Oh,